Oh, it's great to be here to celebrate the Christmas story, to celebrate the birth of our Savior. Our culture, our country needs to look at the Christmas story. The Christmas story is really amazing. I mean, think about it. It involves simple people, people like Mary and Joseph and the shepherds. Very simple. It includes people that are powerful, people like King Herod, or we think of the priests, the leaders of the uh, country of Israel, right? The powerful. There's the wise and the people that are uneducated. There's the people that are poor and the people that are wealthy. It's an amazing story that includes a great collection of people. And as we think about it, we know that there are some people, we believe the story, we hear the story and we believe it, but we know there's other people that hear the story and struggle to believe. I mean, after all, how do you hold on to a virgin birth? And then there's people that are just hearing the story and wondering about it. Well, tonight we want to look at the Christmas story from some fresh eyes. We've been looking through the eyes of the various characters, but we recognize that the whole culture we live in, in fact, we could say the whole world we live in has recognized something significant happened 2,000 years ago. I mean, we divide time up that way, don't we? We used to call it B.C. and A.D. Now we may refer to it as the Common Era and before the Common Era, but we recognize something thing happened 2,000 years ago. Fox Valley Church, in our series, We Need Christmas, we've been calling it a kairos moment, a, a, a moment that is, is indeed sacred. It's solemn. It's significant. Something happened that changed the history of the world. So tonight, we're not going to look through the eyes of Mary. We've already done that. We've looked through the eyes of Zechariah and what he had to say. We looked through the eyes of Simeon and looked at his specific statements about this Kairos moment. We looked through the religious leader's eyes. But tonight, we're going to look through the eyes of Jesus. No, he wasn't talking in the manger. What happens is, towards the end of his life, he looks back and he makes a very simple, forward, simple but straightforward statement about his own birth. So if you're able to stand, could I invite you to stand for the reading of God's Word? We're going to be in John chapter 18, John chapter 18, verses 33 and following. Pilate then went back inside the palace, summoned Jesus, and asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? Is that your own idea, Jesus asked? Or did others talk to you about me? Am I a Jew, Pilate replied? Your own people and chief priests handed you over to me. What is it you have done? Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jewish leaders. But now my kingdom is from another place. You are a king then, said Pilate. Jesus answered, you say that I'm a king. In fact, the reason I was born and came into this world is to testify to the truth. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. What is truth? retorted Pilate. Let's pray together. Father, this short moment in the life of Jesus reveals some truths that we all need to hear. 
think about this Christmas. So God, would you speak to us? We just invite you to speak through the power of your spirit, wherever anybody is in their journey, that they would hear your voice and know that you love them, you care, and that you are on the move. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may grab a seat. Well, tonight, as we look at this, just a couple simple things I want to bring out. And the first one is this, is that Christmas tells us there are two kingdoms. Now, you'll notice on the slide that I use the word Christmas in quotes. Now, the reason I'm doing that is just to separate out. We're not talking about December 25th. We're not talking about a day. We're not even talking about a season. What we're talking about is a Kairos moment, a a special moment, a significant moment, a moment, if you will, when we go from black and white to color. You've seen black and white movies and then they colorize it and it comes alive in a whole different way. Well, that's what happens with this Christmas as we see it. Just read that Jesus is asked very simply, right, by Pilate. Now, some of us, probably most of us know the story, but if you're unfamiliar, Pilate is a ruler and Jesus is in the final hours of his life. And Pilate is concerned, is this one Jesus thinking about an insurrection? Is he thinking about doing something that would upset the peace or the equilibrium in the Roman Empire? And so he's concerned and he's trying to ferret it out from Jesus. And Jesus brings him right into it and reminds him that he is a king and that his kingdom is not of this world. And so when we think of kingdoms, we can think very simply, we don't need to get complicated here, there's kingdoms in this world, or we could even refer to this world as a kingdom, but then there's a kingdom of another world, a kingdom of another place, as we just read. But let's just take a moment and think about the kingdom of this world, the kingdoms of this world, because it can be individualized or it can be looked as a collective. Now, at my home, at my desk, I I have a study, and I have all my books, and at my desk, but off to the side of my desk, I have a glass globe. It's a small globe. It's been a gift that was given to me from some missionaries in Poland, and I look at that globe, and it's, it's beautiful. It's really nice, and it reminds me of the world. It's just a picture of the globe, right, in glass. And what makes it really nice is it's set in a nice gold frame or a nice gold uh, thing to hold the globe up, right? But here's the problem. It wobbles. When you turn the globe, it just wobbles on this gold stand. And that even makes me think more of this world. You know why? Because this world wobbles. It wobbles. Now we can unpack the word wobbles, but you kind of know what I mean. It's messed up. We can look at it from a large scale and say, yeah, there's some hard things in this world. There's things like rape and murder. There's all kinds of attacks and wars, and we can look at all these gross things, but then we can bring it down into our own lives, and we say, yeah, my own life wobbles. In fact, you'd have to be pretty strong in your yourself to say, boy, I don't have any problems. I don't have any difficulties. My life doesn't wobble, when in reality, we all know the truth, that world, this world, and all the things of this kingdom 
in this world is crazy, right? We go after power, we go after money, we go after all the things that we think really matter, material things, we go after jobs, we go after promotions, and the list just goes on and on. The, those are the things that this world is going after. But Jesus, in our passage, we read that he says he's got a kingdom, but his kingdom's not of this world. In fact, his, king, his kingdom is very different. And just like this globe that I have that's on this gold stand that wobbles, and I can't fix it, I've tried, just like I've tried to fix some things in my own life, and probably just like you, you've tried to fix some things in your life. And just like our world trying to fix the things that are wobbly, we can never do it. Jesus says, you know why? There's a deeper problem. And he brings us into his kingdom. And he says that his kingdom is not of this world. This kingdom is of another place. And so as I started to reflect on that, I want to bring us into a little bit of what Jesus' kingdom is like that is so different than the kingdom of this world. And I just wrote down a few things, and maybe they'll resonate with you. Jesus' kingdom of this world is about people, and it's about people's hearts being changed. Jesus, in his kingdom, what he wants to do is take hard, calloused, cold hearts and bring some heat, bring some warmth, bring some love. And so he begins to change people from the inside out. So even though we can't fix this wobbly world, Jesus wants to change us from the inside out. Jesus also, in his kingdom, he wants to show us what really matters. He wants to bring us into a place where we see that houses and clothes and cars, as nice as they are, and there's nothing wrong with them, he wants to show us there's something deeper, something more significant than gadgets and big screen TVs and promotions, that his kingdom, people matter. They really matter to him. Everyone, from the least to the greatest, they all matter to Jesus. That's a big change in the kingdoms, isn't it? Because in our world, in our kingdoms, in the things we build, you've got to have a certain amount of education, a certain amount of power, a certain amount of money, a certain status or posture or position in order for us to appreciate you, in order for us to honor you. But not in Jesus' kingdom. He turns all that on its head. Here's a third one I wrote down. Jesus gives purpose. He gives purpose and meaning and it's in every single individual. It's not something you have to earn. In our world, in this kingdom that wobbles, you have to earn it. And it's elusive. You may have it one day, but you could lose it the next day. Well, Jesus in his kingdom says, you matter, you're important. You are eternally valuable because you're made in the image of God. How radically different that is to think about your value and that you have meaning and you have purpose in your life and that there's nothing you can do to add to it and that God through Jesus Christ is working out his plans and purposes in the lives of every single individual that's a different kingdom and we long for a kingdom where we matter a kingdom where we have value a kingdom where we have purpose that is eternal here's the fourth one I wrote down and that is in Jesus kingdom what he wants to bring is internal peace what I would call shalom, or what the Bible calls shalom. Not just the word peace, but a sense of well-being, that life is good, it's okay, but not because of external things. Because we all know the external things wobble. Things fall apart. Things don't always go the way we want. We can be on a mission. We can be growing in our, our careers or on our path of 
career and all of a sudden things begin to crash down or we get into a relationship and we think the relationship's going to continue but the relationship breaks and on and on it goes and what Jesus says is I in my kingdom I want to give you shalom I want to give you a sense of well-being even when circumstances are not going your way but not only is Jesus in his kingdom working in people he's working through people that's an amazing thought in his kingdom he is working through people and influencing people it's the Christians when there's a catastrophe that you see them on the front lines they're the ones that are out there being generous the Christ followers are the ones out there in the hospitals they're the ones in the home in the human trafficking or the sex trafficking area they're leading the way it's not to say the culture broadly isn't involved in these things but so often it's the Christians that are leading the charge and so Jesus is moving his kingdom so here's what you should take away from this that even though jesus kingdom is not of this world you need to remember and know that his kingdom is active in the world so even though it's not of the world it's active in this world so christmas tells us there's two kingdoms well christmas also secondly tells us that there is the truth the truth. Now, I want to make sure you see that there's a definite article there. It's not just a truth, but what Jesus says and makes clear as he's talking to Pilate, and by Pilate's snarky response, what is truth, you could see he didn't like what Jesus was saying, because Jesus is saying the truth. He's saying that his kingdom is about the truth. Jesus says, the reason I was born, the reason I entered a woman's womb. The reason I entered the womb of a virgin in Bethlehem or in in Nazareth, right? The, The reason is for this purpose of truth. He says, I came into the world to speak truth. In a world as we know is filled with lies, hype, and spin. Jesus cuts through the nonsense and he says, I speak the truth very interesting as the world tries to 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 push us into its own mold i think of some of us who are going to have the, these jellos right and we put the jello in a mold and put it in the refrigerator and it all conforms to whatever the mold is the world's a little bit like that isn't it the world's trying to get us to conform to the mold and it doesn't always fit who we are and what God is doing. It, it's something very different. And so we come into a world where people think they can create their own truth or they think that truth is relative, right? They just think that there, there is no the truth or truth doesn't really matter. Just live however you want. And what Jesus does is he brings us to a place where he says the truth. Now what does he mean by the truth? Let me just give you a picture of what he means by the truth first of all he's saying this that he is the king and his kingdom is not of this world that's a truth that's one of the parts of the truth that he wants you and me to know this Christmas is that he's the king and his kingdom is not of this world it's active in the world but it's not of this world and then secondly all he has said about God the way to God and how to live should be obeyed that's what he means by the truth when he says the truth that Pilate wants nothing to do with Pilate wants nothing to do with the God that Jesus is talking about the way to God and then 
that he is to be obeyed. Remember, Jesus said this, I am the way to God. And then he said, no one gets to the Father but through me. That's a powerful statement. That's the truth. And that's where we find resistance in the world today. Now there's people that are trying to live out what you just see on the screen right there. People that recognize that Jesus is the king and that they're part of a kingdom that's not of this world. There's people trying to walk in obedience in the ways of Jesus Christ. That doesn't mean life is going to be easy. It doesn't mean that it's simple. But it does mean that there's people that recognize the truth and are trying to walk in it. Rather than me talk about it, I'd like you to listen to hear some stories of people walking in this way. At that time, we were both living in Los Angeles, growing our young family and pursuing careers in film and television. And things were going quite well until it wasn't, right? So in Los Angeles, there's this constant pressure to keep up with the Joneses. And even when you try to ignore it or you try to live in a way that material things are not um, important to you, it permeates every part of your life. And we started to really notice this when Chase started school. And we came to the conclusion that if we wanted to raise kids who knew God, who feared him, who put him first, that we didn't have the resources to do this in Los Angeles. So prayerfully, we decided that we were going to leave California, which is the only place we knew at the time as a family. Yeah, it was about 10 years ago. Uh, I was uh, living in Lake in the Hills with my, uh, my wife and daughter. And uh, kind of unexpectedly, uh, she announced she was divorcing me. So that pretty much threw my world into chaos for about 18 months. Uh, it was hard, but I really see how God worked through it. Uh, it was, I wouldn't wish it on anybody. I worked really hard for a promotion for a good couple of years, and that ended up falling through. That door was kind of closed, and um, that future that I saw in this career that I felt that I was building for myself seemed to kind of dissolve in front of me. During that time, I, I really just felt kind of an intense anger towards God. I felt that I had done everything right in my life. I felt that I had lived according to what he wanted me to live, and for some reason, all the plans and all of the things that I had mapped out for my life seemed to fall apart. I got a... Uh a Zoom meeting invite from our CFO. About five minutes or five seconds into the meeting, I realized that I was part of a mass layoff, and um, it was it was very cold and impersonal, and um, I was basically in shock. We actually were applying for jobs for a year and a half, um, which is. It was a bit of a struggle because we knew we wanted to leave and every day that passed made it even more clear that we did not want to raise our kids and our family here. Um, and so we really just had to know that he had a plan and we may not know where we, we were going to end up, but that he was going to take care of us. The big thing for me during that time and now for the last 10 years is just uh, I, I I really reflected on and got into the scriptures on how he's always with me and he's with us. And I got to the place and I'm at a place now where it's like, yeah, like he's, he's here right now with me while we're doing this video. And uh, that changes everything. So he's, he's just walking with me through life and I love that. The truth that I was clinging to really there was um, 
that all of these plans that I had set out for my life were really plans for me and myself and that I was living selfishly um, and looking towards the next thing that I could achieve or accomplish. And that if I was gonna choose to live my life in full surrender to God and live according to his will, then that involved my plans and my future as well. A verse I really kind of clung to was Proverbs 19:21, which says, many are the plans in a man's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose which prevails. I happened to be outside and um, looked up in the sky and, and there was a beautiful rainbow outside our house. And it was just a really encouraging thing. Um, I don't remember it actually being um, sunny or rainy that day. Within an instant, I can remember my whole disposition changing. I went from feeling sad, uh, hurt, um, betrayed to, I'm okay. You know, God's got this, he has us, he sees us. Yeah, on this little, our house on a hill in Hampshire, Illinois, he sees us and he knows what we're going through. We were trying to get out of California for about a year and a half and we haven't seen any movement. Uh, but out of nowhere, God opened one door. One door. And that just so happened to be to come back to Chicago, Illinois, which just so happens to be Jobert's hometown. Him supplying us with jobs and in industries that we have zero experience in. Um, and then we found Fox Valley Church, which was a long process. And we knew we needed a Bible teaching church that didn't have that celebrity culture that would back us up and give us the resources to really give our kids the chance to know God from as early as possible. Um, and we're just so grateful for that. And they love it here. They all love it here. Yeah. So thank you. The question makes me think about my daughter and how she's just, it was hard, really hard for her, obviously, but just how she has grown and been there for me and I've been there for her. And it's kind of, you know, it's a smaller family now, but uh, I've just seen God draw us really close. She's off at college now um, and we just have an amazingly close relationship. So I wouldn't wish this on anybody, but when I look back on it and how he's impacted my life now, uh, relationally with her, with people in the church. Um, I, I've really grown through that challenge. I do wake up every morning and just kind of put my knees on the ground and say, Lord, that my life um, is yours and I'm going to live according to your will. So I've also seen um, God kind of redeem some relationships in my life as well. Things are um, getting better in my family. I've been at Fox Valley now for a good couple of years and um, a lot of that church community and those friendships, I've, I've really grown in and seen kind of redeemed as well there. There was one opening for a position that seemed like it would fit Chris. And that opening was posted maybe 30 days earlier and I thought, oh, they're, they can't be hiring anymore. So Chris applied and we didn't hear anything from the company. And then a few days later, I got a text message from my brother who lives in Ohio. And he said, hey, I was just had this um, meeting with this woman who works at this company. She said they're hiring at their office in Illinois. She told me the name of the company. And would you believe it was the name of the company that he had applied to? Yeah, so within a week, I had, I had a new position working from home during a pandemic, during an economic slowdown. And it was just, um, just confirmation that God was taking care of us, providing and protecting, like I said. And mm -hmm. so we're, you know, we're thankful for the conversations that were had on our behalf and obviously um, super thankful to God for, for his provision and protection. Well, our series is called We Need Christmas. Yeah, we can clap. Those are great stories. See what God is doing. 
And you know some of those stories don't end really well, right? We need Christmas, as we use in the series, we need Christmas because we need the truth, right? That, that, that's what we're bringing out tonight. We need Christmas because we need the truth. And when we think about the world, we know that things can look good on the outside and it can be a little deceptive, can it? Reminds me a few years ago, we were doing a white elephant gift exchange and probably all of you have participated in this back the old way used to be you know you run around your house and you find a piece of junk that you want to just get rid of something you've been holding on to for god knows what right and you wrap it up well here we are in a white elephant gift exchange with a group of people and there was a gift it wasn't too large it wasn't too small and it was beautifully wrapped i mean beautifully wrapped the lines along the edge of the box were nice and crisp. And I'm looking at that and I'm like, wow, that's great. The bow was made with perfection. And so I got my eye on that box and I got that package, right? So as we're going through the gift exchange, I open up this beautifully wrapped box. And inside was the ugliest figurine I have ever seen in my life. And I looked at that, and it was grotesque, it was ugly, chipped, it was a mess of a figurine. I'm like, what am I going to do with that, right? But what a picture that is, isn't it? The world is wobbly, we don't always see it, it's deceptive, just like that gift was. And the question I have for us tonight, myself included, is we all like to wrap up the gift. So nobody gets lost in the picture that I'm painting. Our life is like that figurine. If we're really honest. It's not all that pretty, is it, all the time? We got messy stuff. We got things we're not proud of. And what we try to do is paper over it. We use different kind of paper. Some of us will paper with, with things that are more materialistic, as we heard in the stories, and they, they want to escape it, and other people want to cover it over with positions of power, and hey, look at me, and other people will paper it over their lives with education and say, look what I've accomplished, or other people will paper it over with achievements, say, look at my trophies and my trinkets, and, and we, we, we paper over. And what Jesus wants to do when we say we need the truth, is He wants to cut through the nonsense. And He extends you and me an invitation. This Christmas 2022, Jesus is giving all of us a Kairos moment. A moment that can change the trajectory of your life. A moment that could push you in a whole new direction. And it's just this simple. You invite Jesus into your life. Say, Jesus, I recognize I'm that figurine. I recognize I have rebelled against you. I recognize that I don't always obey you. I mean, all of us could say that. And what Jesus is saying then is anyone that will call on me, he will change their lives. He says in Matthew chapter 11, he says, come to me, all who are weary of a wobbly world and I'll give you rest. He says in Revelation chapter 3, he says this, he says, I'm knocking on the door of your heart. If anyone would open the door, I will come in. And what he wants to do, first of all, is forgive you. He wants to wipe away the guilt and the shame of all the gross stuff, 
And then he wants to start changing us from the inside out like we talked about. He wants to start giving us internal peace like shalom, a sense of well-being. He wants to give you meaning and purpose. So you can have that starting tonight and make it a Kairos moment. If you've never done that before, it's just simply by prayer. You just write where you are. You just say, Lord Jesus, I need you. I need Christmas. I need you to change me. Because we're not going to change the world. It's going to keep wobbling until Jesus returns. And so what Jesus is giving us is an opportunity to change us. And I want to give that to you. So you just pray a prayer. Lord Jesus, I need you. Come into my life. Thank you for forgiving my sins and making me the person you want me to be. And Jesus will answer that prayer. And he'll start changing you right away. If you've not done that, let me encourage do that tonight. Right now. I'm going to close in prayer. Now, if you have drifted, if maybe you're in a place in your life and you have just like, wow, I hear what you're saying and I see Jesus as a king. I see that his kingdom's not of this world. I see that his voice is worth following, but you've drifted. Jesus is sending that same invitation to you. Come on back home. Come on back home. He's ready to receive you. Let me pray. Make this prayer your own, if you will. Father, you can see into the heart of every human being here. You love them, you care for them, you love them so proudly and, and profoundly, and, and you love them in such a way that nobody could even measure. Would you touch each heart and show them how much you care and how much you're doing, that your kingdom is active in this world? And then, God, allow people to pray this simple prayer, Lord Jesus, I need you. Thank you for dying on the cross to pay the penalty of my sin. Come into my life and fill me with meaning and purpose that is outside of the things of this world. Fill me with shalom that I might be your child. And Father, we thank you that even tonight is a Kairos moment. We pray in Jesus' name, amen.